Welcome back to American Conversations. We've got with us today Brent Niedergall, who's a former U.S. Army Intel officer. Welcome, Brent. Thank you, Todd. Good to be here. So uh, give us an overview of what your background is and uh, how you got involved in the evacuations. Sure. I was a member of the United States Army for seven years. Uh, when I was on active duty, I was stationed in Afghanistan for a year with the 1st Infantry Division as an intelligence officer. And my role was more of a training supervisor with uh, the intelligence headquarters of the 203rd Corps. And uh, that was their headquarters was in Gardez Paktia, Fob Thunder. And I worked closely uh, with uh, Afghan soldiers, officers, and enlisted. And we had our translators also. Uh, but some of those, I maintained contact with one friend in particular, uh, an Afghan National Army soldier. Uh, my take more is with the soldiers who helped us as intelligence sources. My translators, uh, so far as I'm aware, have all made it out. I've heard from some of them. One of them has a unique problem with his family members that are still there, uh, that his parents, he hasn't been able to get out yet, uh, but he's out and safe. Um, but so the ones that seem to be overlooked are those who were paid sources, unpaid sources who provided intelligence and that the Taliban seems to be aware of. They all have corroborating messages that they feel they're under threat. Uh, one was actually shot. Uh, he's still alive, so far as I know. Uh, mm. But he sent a picture of himself. Uh, he was shot when he was out in public, so uh, he had, was having to remain in hiding. Um, but then another one who's unique also, a good friend, the one I stayed in the closest contact with, he was killed just over a year ago uh, when he was coming back from Kabul, coming back to work. And him and his friends, their fellow soldiers in the Afghan National Army, uh, who he was uh, a source of ours and uh, very helpful while I was there. Uh, but he was killed. And now his family is also telling me that they're under uh, threat from the Taliban. So it's a difficult situation. And there's no program for widows and their family members of an Afghan National Army soldier, you know. Right. 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 We, we just received a uh, one of our one of our mates sent us a uh, the, the New York Post this morning. I think I think it was this morning, but it was about the beheading of one of the volleyball uh, female volleyball mm. members on the national team. And, and it happened back in August before we pulled out um, because they were hunting for some of the female athletes. Mm. Have you heard anything about that at all, Brent? No, I have not. I mean, no, volleyball was very popular, though, the Afghan soldiers played it all the time but i have have not heard about that now yeah it might it might have been done probably by some male volleyball guys or something because i mean it was it's, it's obviously they targeted that but the, mm -hmm. it's in the new york post today yeah yeah it's tragic yeah what are you hear what are you hearing about from from the people that that you're in contact with who were talking to people back in the country what are you hearing about the hunting for for people door to door uh, so my friend, uh, I, I won't name anyone. So my friend that is in the States, uh, he came through the SIV process. Uh, he's in a state of desperation because his parents, according to him, I have no reason to disbelieve him. The, mm -hmm. the Taliban entered his parents' home and he forcibly ejected them and, uh, said they were going to use that for, for their purposes. And, uh, my friend also said his father had served in the military. Um, but these, he's trying to get his parents, they were on track to get out of the country. Uh, he was sponsoring them to, in some way, and they were going to be coming to the U.S. before everything happened. 
and uh, so it, it does seem that they're they're looking for people they knew they're well aware of what this family was involved in and supporting the uh, the efforts there and they suffered as a consequence are um, they are they on the are the parents on the move now from house to house or I mean are they safe is he in contact with them? he's in contact with them they're safe I don't know where they fled to but they did have to leave their home and he was concerned for his father's safety having especially having served sure in the, in the army sure um go ahead uh, are you working with a, a large group yourself or you know behind the scenes or how, yes. are, you, how are you doing I was uh invited to join a group and uh through social media and just trying to pull everyone's efforts uh so and and it seems to help the those we the afghans were working with individually instead of trying to help them alone which seems hopeless at least getting them in part of a, a larger effort that might have uh hopes of success if, if mm -hmm. we're all working together and trying different things at this point it's gotten kind of discouraging to think that there's any anything that work I, initially especially when we were pulling out i had reached out to uh my congressman here and just doesn't seem like there's any momentum to do anything who's your yeah. congressman uh what is his name it's butterfield i think uh gk butterfield is who i call and and where, the, where, and where do you live Where's i'm in uh, rocky mountain north carolina okay um and his, and his staffer was very helpful but she was she did uh do an inquiry on one i asked about who has an siv application and then was very clear there was no program to help the widow of an afghan national army soldier who was a source mm. so where would you get her to like an adjoining country hopefully or something like that yeah i don't know so i'm in contact with her brother uh and that's so my friend farid who was killed uh his wife is now widowed and he had uh, a new newborn baby uh that's very young and uh so i don't i think they're just hoping for anything's better than staying there uh, and mm -hmm. his this family in particular was uh, very patriotic for the afghan effort uh prior mm -hmm. to the taliban and everything very involved uh, so they feel they're still under a, a great threat hmm. Do you think this is a disappearing story in the news? Yeah, definitely. I think that uh, the national attention span for uh, for anyone that wasn't over there and built friendships and uh, cared about those we were helping and believed in what we were doing. Uh, I think with all of us, we've been thinking about it a lot, but I think everyone else has kind of moved on. Hmm. Do you think that people are just passionate about this, Brent, because they haven't been to Afghanistan or just it's an old story, it's 20 years war? Uh, occupation. I mean, because there is a disconnect, <clears throat> I think here, and I'm not. I'm not certain. I don't. We haven't talked to any any of the um, British allies mm -hmm. uh, or Australian allies, so I, I don't know. You know, if 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 they have the same concerns that the U.S. military does, I know that they have helped. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, when we have spoken to some of the military guys here that are involved, everybody's anxious. Mm -hmm. you know, and frustrated. Um, it, when you talk to your, your, your um, Afghani friends, are they highly disappointed? Did mm -hmm. they really expect America to step up? Yeah, they're, and it seems like they're getting more heated. They're not angry at us, but they're angry at the situation and disappointed in the government not doing more to help them. But they, they do frequently vent. I've had to it, it's so active on the one of the groups we're in just so I have to mute it just because there's always just 
so much chatter and you know we still have our lives here as much as we care about them but they're just frequently voicing their discouragement and why can't something be done to help us and uh, a sense of betrayal in a sense uh, which i feel understandable that's yeah. understandable i mean yeah. they, they they believed in you guys who were in the country and hence mm -hmm. they believed in america can you get us some screenshots of those and take the names off um, uh, to send to you yeah, the messages you're getting yeah. from people frustrated. That yeah, would be good. Sanitize them, yeah. Yeah. That there's, there's, there's definitely a disconnect emotionally between mm -hmm. the White House and the people that are inside Afghanistan. I mean, that, that is noticeable. Right, right. Yeah, and I mean, I, I can see both sides. I mean, I know our, the U.S. involvement, what, what was the right solution? I'm not making policy or anything like that. I, all I can do is sympathize with those that are there. And then even those that were involved in the military who genuinely believed in what we were doing and everything, but just for it all to collapse so quickly. And you have, it just raises so many questions. What's about the center of gravity in, in Afghanistan, popular opinion, and why it could just all fall mm -hmm. apart so quickly. But, mm -hmm. Did your, did your friend feel that the Taliban was going to take over so quickly? Uh, so I, I didn't make con the, the friend of mine that was killed last year was a moot point. So the, the other ones, it was, I did start to, to hear from them as, as the pullout was getting closer and closer. And they were fearful about, uh, particularly the one that was shot. He was very concerned about the, the quick progress. And uh, it was, you know, initially with the U.S. statement saying it was months away or a year away, mm -hmm. but they seemed to realize that it would be much sooner than that. Hmm. What, are they, what are they saying on the chats about uh, the women and the girls? Uh, I, I can't speak to that. Uh, I don't have any, any, any good things to add there, anything helpful for that. Uh, it's mostly just, just overall concern for the situation for the, them and their families. Um, but I don't, I don't have any specifics on that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so if, if you were going to be talking to the president, mm -hmm. what would you tell him or, or, or his policy people or Tony Blinken? I mean, what, what is it that they need to know? from mm -hmm. you guys that are in touch and trying to fulfill your word that was given on behalf of the United States to the Afghan states, to I, the Afghani people? I think maybe the most helpful thing I would say is that for those that were trusted enough that we vetted to work alongside us and we trusted our lives with, I think that it should be almost a guarantee that we would trust them to come into our country. I don't see uh, why there's such a, a bureaucracy in that case. If the vetting process and everything was so, we trusted them there, we should trust them to, to come here for their safety. Do you think that, do you think that the administration has abdicated its, its responsibility to these people? I, I know that, I think that they can't move on so quickly and just hope that it's brushed under the rug and popular opinion forgets and, moves on. Uh, I think that we should try to do everything we can to, to help, particularly those who made sacrifices to help us. You're coming at this from a, from a point of um, morality. Yeah. Yeah. I would think mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a past, well, I was a pastor for five years after I left the military mm -hmm. and uh, now I'm still involved in, uh, in uh, work and uh, I work for a Christian publisher. So I have, mm -hmm my values that I, I care about and want to want to want to do right by those that helped us. It resonates from you. It resonates from you. Yeah. Good for you.
Good for you. Have you spoken to some other pastors about this? Because I think churches need to step up to the plate. I, I keep on looking for a Bonhoeffer in, mm. in, the, in the state of the world right now. Yeah, among, I see things posted on social media, uh, particularly for the, the Christians in Afghanistan uh, about their situation. Today I saw uh, a, a letter from the Taliban translated into English and it was threatening uh, Christians there for their, to, if, if they were to continue pursuing, living out their beliefs, there would be repercussions for them. And it was uh, saying there was going to be forced religious instruction for their children. Um, so I think those things capture the, the Christian sensibilities in the States and people latch on to that. Uh, and so I think that those are the things that pastors and church members have been, that I've seen, that they've been sharing. We need to talk to more pastors. Mm. We need to have their voices heard. They need to stand up. They need, they need, because this is a moral issue. This is, if, if people do not step up, this is, this is going to turn into a full blown genocide for these people inside Afghanistan. This is, this is like September, 1993 in Rwanda mm. before April, 1994 people, the, the rumblings are there. The evidence is there. And if people do not step up to the plate, it's going to have catastrophic results for people that are there today. Right. We can just ignore it and have our lives go on and pretend it didn't happen or it's not happening, but that's not the, the right course of action. Do you know of other people that are in the military who are pastors? That have, uh, not have you that spoken I've, to any of the military chaplains about this? No, not that I've spoken to. Since I, I left the army in 2018 uh, and I haven't had much connection uh, with with anybody and even those I was, I don't have any contact with anybody really. So uh, just, yeah, unfortunately, no. How did so, you get involved in this effort for the evacuations? I was helping someone and they were also, uh, I think they, I was helping an Afghan who also had an Afghan friend uh, that mm -hmm. was part of this other group. So then I received an email out of the blue from a gentleman who's been very active. Uh, and so I joined this, social media channel to, to hmm. find out more. I'm curious how they got your name. Were you someone that they would just uh, know? Or? I think so the, the Afghan, I was helping one Afghan friend who was friends with another. Uh -huh. and, uh, this friend probably just I see. Afghan I knew, Hey, reach out to him to, to join too, so we can pull our efforts. Interesting. The snowball effect. Yeah. It seems to have grown quite large and, uh, I think my optimism was a lot stronger early on, especially there was one uh, event where we had a group on a bus trying to get mm -hmm. into the airport. And uh, now it's, I think. You're talking afternoon. about the choir? Uh, I don't know. I don't know all the details. I, I knew they were on a bus and some of my, some of those I was helping were on this bus uh, that they were trying to enter the airport while the U S was still there at uh, mm -hmm. the 11th hour and uh, they weren't able to get through. Um, but I feel like those, days are gone. I feel like the Afghans have, that I that I know at least have almost given up hope and just please do something is what, what they're saying. But hmm. So I guess at this, at this point you have to get them over land to another country, right? Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I heard of evacuations from uh, like uh, airports and provinces farther out uh, mm -hmm. in this group that people have talked about that have been happening. Mm -hmm. Interesting. But yeah, that would still involve a great deal of travel, and it's unrealistic for some to be able to even do that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, so where are, you, where are you thinking of taking your involvement from here, Brent? 
It's a good question. I I don't I just I'm hoping that there will be some avenue that our government would fall through, which you never know if that could happen. I just don't know what else there is to do. I've tried been trying, especially my friend that was killed, tried everything I could uh, while he was still living to get him out. And it just I'm almost uh, at the point mm -hmm. of unless something new comes along, I'll try everything new. But at this point, it seems like the channels are being exhausted. I know there's some efforts, groups that are trying to help with evacuation. So we'll just keep trying for those. Hmm. Well, thank you for, for sharing, you know, your concern. And obviously you're going to be praying for all these people. Certainly. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Christina. Yeah. And I think it's, it, I think it's wonderful that, that you have, you know, tried to help your friends and stayed in touch with them. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. And these other people too. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us? Uh, I guess when we were over there, the motto was Shona Bashona. Have you heard that thrown around at all? Mm -hmm. I mean, shoulder to shoulder, and that it worked while we were there, and then now we're gone and kind mm -hmm. of left them. Uh, so it seems like there should definitely should be something more after that. If that was our mentality and our motto there, mm -hmm. uh, we need to do everything we can to help them. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a sad it's a sad situation. Yeah, it's a sad yeah. situation. It certainly is. Well, Brett, thank you very much for, for sharing. And, and if, if you have more to tell us, I mean, please get in touch with us directly. And, sure. and um, you know, and as, as this progresses, because the story is not going away. Yeah. Um, thank you for your interest. I'm glad you guys are doing everything you can. I appreciate it. It's nice talking to you. Nice talking okay. to you, too. Take care.